Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Um, If you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26, we're going to start in verse 47. Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 47. As you heard in the Scripture reading, He was oppressed and He was afflicted, yet He opened not His mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so He opened not His mouth. We see this Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah who was going to be the suffering servant fulfilled in the text that we have this morning. Because as Jesus was um, interrogated by Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin, he remained silent. And he had opportunity that he could have avoided what was about to happen to him, and he did not stop it from happening. I think what we see in the passage that we're looking at today is the fact that Jesus was a, and as is a, willing Savior. He was willing to go to the cross. He was willing to be betrayed by a friend. He was willing to be... uh, mocked and abused and and spat upon. He was willing to go through it all to save us. And He is willing, even now, to save a lost soul who comes to Him in repentance. No worry that He would turn anyone away. He is a willing Savior. Let's look at verse 47 and we'll read up through verse 68. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one one I will kiss is the man, seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do you do what you came to do? Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, behold, one of the servants, I'm sorry, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the Scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, 
Have you come out against me against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. And Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest. And going inside, he sat with the guards to see if see the end. Now, the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came afterward. At last, two came forward and said, This man said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it within three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What, it, what is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, You have said so, but I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of, the, of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. What further witness do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spit in his face and they struck him. And some slapped him, saying, Prophesy us, prophesy to us. You, Christ, who is it that struck you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is powerful. That it has power, that it is... uh, sharper than any two-edged sword and able to divide between the marrow and the bone and between the, the uh, soul and the spirit. We pray that uh, as we come and read and think about your word this morning, that you would do your surgeon's work on our hearts. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to obey. Give me grace and strength as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 47 says, while he was still speaking, remember Jesus was there at the Garden of Gethsemane. He had just been praying, asking that if it be possible for the cup to pass by, if there's any other way, that it would be able to pass by. But nevertheless, not my will but thine, Jesus said. So we know that this was a difficult ordeal. 
He, in the other Gospels, it tells us that He sweat drops of blood. This was an anguishing experience as He was coming to the cross where not only would He experience the physical abuse from people, not only would He experience physical death, but He would also experience the wrath of God poured out on Him. And in the midst of this anguish and this pain, you had the disciples fall asleep. He had just told them that if, when the shepherd was stricken, all would fall away. Every one of them was going to fall away. And Peter was so adamant. No, I, even if everyone else falls away, I won't. And we know what happens with Peter. We know what happens with all of the disciples. So it was right in the context of that that Judas, one of the twelve. I think it's important that we see this here, this phrase, one of the twelve. Now we know he was one of the disciples, but it, it, I think that the emphasis here where, where it says one of the twelve, it's pointing out this is one of Jesus' own disciples. I mean, it was one of the people who were close to Him. Who He traveled with for three years. A close friend. One of the twelve. Of all people. One of the twelve. And with Him, a great crowd with swords and clubs. They were ready. <laughs> They were ready. They came armed and prepared. I mean, you know, this Jesus, He could raise the dead. He'd raise Lazarus. We know that He could, he could heal the sick and, and heal the blind and heal the lame and all of these things. We know He was powerful. So they, they, they came armed to the teeth. They were ready. They thought, what kind of force can this man show? And they were all armed up. They didn't need their weapons. Now, the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I kiss is the man, sees him. Now, as I was reading through the Greek text here, I found it kind of strange. I had always just assumed that, um, that that was just a straightforward translation. But actually, the word here for kiss means the one who I love. It's the same word here. Uh, maybe you've heard uh, the distinctions between agape and phileo and, and uh, eros, the different types of love in the Greek language. Maybe you've heard that before. The word here is the verb form for to, to, uh, phileo. It's the, it's the love, that brotherly love. And so uh, what this, this uh, sign that he gives to the chief priests and these guards and everything is it's the one who I love. Now, going on, um, he says that he comes up to Jesus and, and he says, Greetings, Rabbi. Again, there at the Lord's Supper, we saw the same kind of language. The other disciples called Jesus Lord, and at the Lord's Supper, Judas called him Rabbi. And here he comes with the same thing. He says, Greetings, Rabbi. Not Lord, but Rabbi. And he kissed him. Now this one actually is the word for kiss. 
It's built off of the same stem, though. You've got that same phileo, but there's a preposition on it that makes it to kiss. So anyway, um, he gives this sign, and think about the betrayal that's involved there. His close friend. So close that... He betrays him with... with the sign of friendship. Now, our culture is different than then. We don't go around kissing our guy friends <laughs> today. That's just what this ancient culture was like. And the very sign of friendship was the sign Judas used to tip off who Jesus was to betray him. Verse 50, Jesus said, Friend, do what you came to do. In the midst of this betrayal, Jesus still called Judas friend. I find that strange. I find that difficult to swallow. But yet, Jesus even said friend to Judas in the middle of his betrayal. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. Behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Now, we've heard this story from other Gospels. The other Gospels, one, I don't remember, I don't know which one, but one of them tells us it was Peter that did this. Peter drew his sword and cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest. Even tells us this servant's name, Malchus. Peter still didn't understand. He was just like just like when uh, he said, I'll go with you even to death. He didn't understand what Jesus was doing. He was showing how brave he was by taking that sword and cutting off that servant's ear. I've heard others tell, uh, make the observation uh, we would expect Jesus to say, Peter, you missed. Like this. <laughs> but that's not how Jesus responds. How does Jesus respond? Put back your sword in its place. For all those who take the sword will perish by the sword. This was not the time for the sword. No, there's a time for the sword. And Jesus said, there'll come a time when you'll need to uh, sell what you have in order to buy a sword. So what Jesus here is saying is not a, an advocacy for pacifism. But this was not the time for the sword. This was the time to allow God's plan to go into place. Jesus we know healed this man's ear. He picked up the ear and placed it back on and healed him. And we know this from the other Gospels. Next, Jesus says in verse 53, Do you think that I can't appeal to my Father and He will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? And a legion is 6,000. So... Twelve legions 
6,000 times 12. That's a lot of angels. It's a lot of angels. He says, I, I can appeal to my father and he'll send 12 legions of angels to come and rescue me if I wanted to. This is where I think we see how Jesus was a willing Savior. He could have done anything to stop it. At any moment, He could have called down angels to stop what was about to happen to Him, but He did not do it. He was willing to go to the cross. He was willing to endure everything that was done to Him. He was willing to endure the wrath of God that we deserve. Verse 54. How then should the Scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? Jesus points out to Peter, what's happening right now is what was fulfilled in the prophets. What's happening right now is is what Isaiah prophesied long ago in Isaiah 53. In order for those prophecies to be fulfilled, in order for the Messiah... Him to to suffer as a lamb before its shears is silent. And it wasn't Peter's job to stop it. And Jesus wasn't going to stop it. Verse 55, And at that hour Jesus said to the crowd, Have you come out to me against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? pointing out all the arms that they had. Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching and you didn't seize me. And again, he points to the Scriptures. He points to the prophecies. He says, but all these things have taken place that the Scriptures of the prophets may be fulfilled. They didn't need their weapons. They didn't need any of that. Jesus would go willingly, like a lamb before its shears is silent. And then the last part here before we come to the trial before Caiaphas, it says, Then all the disciples left him and fled. What Jesus had said in the last passage we looked at last week came to be. Jesus said, strike the shepherd and all the sheep will be scattered. You will all fall away from me. Very end of verse 56, then all the disciples left him and fled. They were fearing for their lives. They fled and Jesus stood there like a rock, ready and willing to go to the cross. Verse 57 Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. Peter was following him at a distance. He wasn't so brave anymore. He was still following. He wanted to see what was going to happen. But he followed at a distance. Verse 59, the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus 
but they found none. No one would step up to give false testimony until finally they brought out someone who actually said what Jesus really did say. With a bit of a twist, Jesus had said, tear down this temple and I'll rise it up in three days. And his accusers said, I am able to destroy this temp- the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. So there was a little bit of a changing of the words, but his accu- the accusation was based on exactly what Jesus had said. Now, of course, Jesus was not talking about the physical temple there in Jerusalem. No, he was talking about the temple of his body. And here we see again the prophecy of what would happen. You tear down this body, destroy this temple, and be raised in three days. He knew his resurrection would follow his crucifixion and death and burial. So, when the chief priests had heard, when the high priest had heard, he asked. What is this they're talking about? And how does Jesus respond here again? Jesus remained silent. Like a lamb before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Willingly taking accusation, knowing what it's going to lead to. And the high priest then finally says, Tell us if you're the Christ. The Son of God. And Jesus very simply says, You've said so. Now, if that's not enough to say, Yeah, you're right. And it's not in my words, it's in your own. Jesus then follows it up with this. But I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power, coming with the clouds of heaven. What Jesus said there must have... I mean, we know from the reaction of the high priest that that infuriated him. But what was Jesus there talking about? But Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, you have the... Son of Man, who is presented before the Ancient of Days, and the Ancient of Days gives the Son of Man a kingdom that will last forever. And Jesus is saying, that's me. Not only am I the Son of God, like you said, I'm the Son of Man. The one who is the Messiah, who will reign over the earth with a kingdom that will last forever. The high priest tore his robes, and he said, blasphemy. They determined that he deserves death. They spit in his face. They struck him, and some slapped him, and they mocked him. Whenever it says, prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? They're mocking him. He endured all that Willingly, like a lamb before its shears is silent. Jesus is a willing Savior. He went to 
This trial, he was betrayed by his friend. He went to the cross. He endured the agony of the cross. He endured the agony of God's wrath being poured out on him. He did it willingly, and he did it for you, and he did it for me. Jesus is a willing Savior. Like Romans chapter 10 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He will not turn anyone away. No matter what you have done. No matter what you may think about doing. No matter what you might do in the future. He is a willing Savior. And He is able to save. So, we look around our congregation today. I believe I may be preaching to the choir in most parts. I don't know. Whatever heart has in it. But just know this. Jesus will not turn any one of us away. If we look to Him in faith, He will not turn us away. Maybe we experience doubt. Maybe we feel doubt because maybe we feel like we've, we've sinned in a way that just God can't ever forgive. Whether we have already trusted in Him or whether we haven't yet. Jesus will not turn you away. He is a willing Savior. Look to Him. Trust in Him. And He is able to forgive, to wash us clean, to save us from our sins, and to save us from the pit of hell. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.